everybody, and welcome to an awesome episode of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations woo-woo, of Annunciation Radio for the Almighty, right? Yes. Can I get an amen? Amen. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter with J.P. Schleter on the soundboard. And we are blessed to be with you on this beautiful summer evening. And we have a great show in store for you. The first half. Wait for it. What? Third stop of the family mm. road trip podcast. Looking forward to that. With four incredibly awesome and courageous, as you like to say, courageous. Or heroic. Heroic. I like courageous. Sure. Go with it. But you know what? There's something about the word hero. I'll go with heroic couples and families who will be with us. And then stay tuned afterwards. We are very blessed to have Patrick Rice with us calling in. So he will be live with us tonight. Patrick. Why? Because where else would you want to be? Very true. This night. But Patrick Rice with us, I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> you want to, you want to know? Okay. So Patrick, we are blessed to know as a friend and he is the founder and director of Encounter Ministries, um, which has been in Toledo and we've had him on the show before, but just, um, looking forward to getting an update and seeing where the Holy Spirit is moving, um, in that ministry. So, and an event coming up in October that we're partnering with him. So, folks, be attuned to that second Saturday in November. I think it's October 12th. We are excited to have a partnership with them and throughout this whole region, him and Father Matthias. And that's going to pave the way to the second year in a row of their encounter event at the Seagate Center in January. So, for now, stay tuned, buckle your seatbelt. My wife will give you that fine lead in, but October 12th, mark your calendar. We'll give you more info later. So are you guys ready? You guys ready? I'm Start ready. Start your engines, close the doors, and buckle up. Here we go. God bless the broken road, country road, the long and winding road. Somebody should That's sing a good. song about a sea bass. Jeff, give us the freestyle oh, sea bass song. Uh, Matt will lay down a backbeat. Brett will kick in with the hi-hats. We'll just get this thing going. Boom. Here we go. Boom. Sea bass. I think I think we're on the wrong podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this awesome summer episode of the Family Road Trip Podcast. This is the second season and the third stop of this awesome journey as we are easing on down the road. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our dear, wonderful, courageous couples that we have with us this road trip. Awesome. So, folks, if you've been following, real simple, uh, these guys are heroic why are they heroic? Because they're doing one of the scariest things there is to do. What's that? They're actually making time on a weekly basis to bring their families together to talk and pray. Most of us may feel, you know, that's just too awkward. It's just not organic. It's not natural. You know, we just want things like that to happen natural. Let me give you a word, ritual. And let's recognize that ritual may Meet us with maybe a, a cringiness or something. Ask yourself the question, what makes an athlete great if not a kind of ritual of formation? A golfer cultivates a ritual in his swing or a, a tennis player or a business leader. Find me one business book 
or they're discussing success, or they don't observe some kind of ritual for success. Academics, the same thing. A certain ritual as we maybe look to take an exam or study. These are, are part of life, and really ritual, the liturgy on Sundays where we receive the body and blood of Christ is meant to be more than just something we observe and go through. It's meant to be an epicenter of life and grace pouring into our lives, and particularly in our homes. So are you open to maybe creating a ritual once a week where you bring your family together to talk and pray. And I'm promising you, if you join us on this seven-week journey, again, we're on the third leg of this seven-week journey. If you join us on this journey faithfully every single week, you will experience what these wonderful couples are experiencing with us, getting past our awkwardness, getting past our resistance, getting past, you know, the things that we bow down to. Let's just keep it very real. We bow down to other things. There are 168 hours a week. Can we not give 45 minutes a week to bring our family together and structure a time of meaningful relationship and encounter? So that's what it's all about. We're glad you're on the road trip with us. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. In here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. In here. I just want to go around and ask our couples on the spot here. Brett, what is one distinctive way you see Christ in Ellen? One right now would be with her pregnant with twins doing less than two weeks, 10 days, I think it is now. Awesome. Um, we coming home just today uh, and seeing her in the kitchen, she's baked banana bread. She's baked things, uh, <laughs> pizza crust, getting ready for, you know, put, put them in the freezer and taking care of the children and just being totally just self-sacrificing herself. That's beautiful. Uh, is that legit just, nesting? Is that, or is that derogatory to say nesting? No, it, it's definitely nesting okay, for sure. Okay, awesome. Have I told you lately that I love you? Have I told you there's no one But to see that beauty come out of her, uh, I know she's so tired taking care of three kids while two in the belly. Awesome. Ellen? We didn't plan this, I promise. <laughs> I was thinking, like, I see Christ and Brett when he um, picks up where I feel like I'm lacking. So, like, tonight he came home and I just had to lay down. So he stepped up and finished getting dinner ready and, you know, kept the kids occupied so I could have a few minutes of rest. And you threw my life with laughter. You can make it better. Ease my troubles, that's what you need. Man of the year. Awesome, Brett. Jeff yeah. Hummison, what is one distinctive way you see Christ in your beloved Nikki? She is always loving any at any time, even in times of challenges like Jesus. It's awesome. Nikki, how do you see Christ in Jeff? I see Christ in Jeff through his limitless patience and forgiveness with every member of our family. Um, just an absolute, unconditional, unwavering love. It's just evident on a regular basis. Awesome. Bronco, what is one distinct way you see Christ alive in your beloved Catherine? What comes to mind is, is her dedication to teaching our boys, learning some more and planning and all that stuff. That's a lot of work. Awesome. Catherine, what about you? So I would say that um, he is calm in the times when I'm not calm. So he uh, points me to what I need to be doing um, in terms of anything with the, with the children or any situation where I don't feel calm. He, 
he comes in in that moment and he's he's calm about it. Awesome. Matt Daniels on vacation, heroically leaning into this recording time, pulling away from the stingrays. Matt, what is one distinct way you see Christ alive in Lady Jennifer? Especially recently, it's been how she cares for and loves our kids. Uh, she thinks of things and does things that I just would never even, that they would never even cross my mind. And just does it so effort, effortlessly. Mm. And I don't know how she how she does it. Awesome. Jenny? I see Christ in that, in his perseverance and steadfastness. Um, I see that in in his career and how he loves um, the kids that he serves in in schools. Um, and then I see that when he comes home as well in the way that he loves and serves our family. That was Folks, you're along the ride with us, easing on down the road with the Family Road Trip Podcast. And that was just a small taste of the joy and the delight and the affirmation. The atmosphere changes, doesn't it, when we speak these words of encouragement. And it's part of the the Live It Gathering Guide that these couples are committed to doing with their families. Just imagine bringing your family together and your children. And one of the questions may be, you know, go around and everybody affirm every person. Which of us parents wouldn't love to hear an affirmation from our spouse and our children? We know it's there, right? You know, organically, it could just happen. But let me ask you, does it? Most of the time, unfortunately, it doesn't. And we should be affirming all the time. But this makes that place sacred. It makes a sacred time where every family member interacts in a way where they encounter God, literally alive. And that's what we're all about. So I'm going to begin with the Hunter Brinkers and ask, how did it go this past week? Overall, it was much better than week uh, one and two, I think. And just uh, uh, the kids actually were sitting still for the most part. And um, <laughs> Always a bonus. And always a bonus, uh, minus Colby, but you know, he's, he's still in too. So the, the kids, uh, Gianna and Vaughn were definitely more into it a little bit. Um, they, uh, again, it's a little more prodding from us still to answer the certain questions or maybe rephrasing the questions a certain way. Um, they don't quite understand affirmation, but, um, but putting it down to their level, uh, they did to compliment one another and, and Ellen and I try to affirm them uh, in in ways as well too. Thomasins. It was better than the first two. We met earlier in the day when our older boys were able to join us. Although our third son is at camp this week, so he wasn't able to be there, but. Um, it actually started off really joyfully. We were all laughing about something. We couldn't stop laughing. So it That's actually great. was, I can't even remember what it was, but we were laughing so hard. We, it was hard to get focused. But uh, so um, we entered joyfully into that. Unlike the time before when we started really late at night and everybody was tired and cranky. But everyone was engaged and it was very fruitful. That's awesome. Can you say a word about what prompted the hilarity? I don't know. I just started laughing, and everybody was laughing at me laughing. But um, uh, that's good. But I, I, you know, it's funny, yeah, because that really was good. But to me, it seemed like the rest of it was 
it was good, but I think uh, as far as content-wise, I thought some of our other ones were better. But maybe I was just really uh, just high off all the laughing. You know, laughter is sacred, and I'll say with this 2013 car I just purchased, but I refer to it as my new car because I traded it in for a 2003. And so I have the the remaining balance of the satellite, you know, thing. Somebody paid it, the former owner, and so I'm blessed to kind of listen to some of these stations. And I was a little bit hesitant when I flipped over checking through the laughter channel. I think it might be 98. Have not heard anything unclean yet. And I'll tell you, it just has been reminding me in my short little trips here and there um, how important it is to share human experience and to laugh at it and laugh at ourselves. We don't laugh enough. So I'm really grateful for your guys' awesome witness and encouraging families out there to laugh more. Benares, how was your week? We um, had this Sunday breakfast and then um, we did the, the gathering guard before we went to mass at 11. I think it helps to to do this around food. We got through everything, but it you know, it was, there was a little resistance uh, this time. So, you know, we, we went through all the things and, but it was just not smooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's okay. That's a reality. That's part of family life, you know, in the trusting that the fruit is still there. You never know what's going on under the hood and what the Lord will use, um, what we don't see. So God bless you for your perseverance and Absolutely. don't be discouraged. And thank you for that authentic witness. Daniels, how did it go for you? Well, I think that the two things that come to mind, um, the first, you know, so our kids are all seven years and younger. And the first thing that I think I've been most um, struck by is um, how well they are, I think, understanding the virtue of gratitude. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving questions that we talk about it kind of circles back around what they're thankful for what they're what they're grateful for listening to even our two-year-old talk about the things that he's thankful mm. for i think it's been a, a blessing for us to, to watch as a family and the other i think is like greg how you were talking about like the importance of ritual earlier um our kids look forward to this and our six-year-old daughter reminded reminds us often on sundays that we we are, so Sunday night is when we have decided to do this. And she's like, don't forget, we've got to do our, our family guide together. Aww. Don't forget, don't forget. Aww. It's fun for us to see That's how that ritual has kind of, especially taken hold for, and not that the boys don't enjoy it, but Maria, especially, um, is our, is our reminder every week. It's awesome. <laughs> that is an awesome testimony. And I, you said gratitude, and of course that word uh, is in literally the word Eucharist, Eucharistos, to give thanks, to be grateful. And if the enemy wanted to attack us, it would seem he would do something polar opposite, which might be something like entitlement or lack of gratitude. And if you're fostering that and you're seeing that happen, I mean, that is literally the fabric of a godly soul 
that um, allows them to see wonder, to get out of side their boxes and selfishness and to appreciate and uh, recognize, you know, this food didn't just land on the table and the air we breathe and the jobs that we have and the schools that we go to and the peace that we have. If our kids can open their eyes to the wonder of what they have around them that they did not earn or deserve, it fosters this posture of great reverence for a God who exists. Certainly our parents are tangible to our kids, but no, I'm very moved by you sharing that. And I think for any of you parents out there, um, it is so worthy for us to maybe prompt just to say, you know, hey guys, you know, look around us and think about the blessings we have in this country, especially as we look to the 4th of July and uh, as we study history and recognize how many have literally given their lives so that we can experience what we experience. Certainly those in battle and war, Jesus Christ at the heart of it all, but our parents, our grandparents, I think truly that is the um, a defining attribute for success, and I mean a fully human success. So parents, we struggle with this. The lightning is hitting the highway. We get that, but we got to go down that one highway and through that in faith uh, where we will be met by great wonder and great peace on the other side. So if you go to I Love My family.us. We're inviting you to join us again this seven-week journey of committing yourself, which it's not limited to seven weeks, by the way. I mean, if you're beginning just this week, praise God. Just try it once. Bring your family together. Break through your own resistance and doubts and fears and uh, tell your family. Be honest. Hey, guys, I know this seems awkward. I know it seems like maybe even forced, but you know, when do we really sit down and share meaningful things of our lives? You're hearing testimony, folks, of those who are on the journey and talking about a blessing that it's giving. So we're going to go around again one more time and uh, invite um, one or both of you to share. Is there a golden moment or golden story that you can share from a recent lit gathering? Let's start with the Hunter Bringers. So um, when we go around and share, you know, our commitment for the next week, something we want to work on. I think it was, I think, I don't know if encouraging would be the right word, but Brett and I both, you know, said we want to work on patience with the kids. So it was helpful for me to know that I'm not the only one struggling in that. Um, and I'm sure that will be our commitment to work on for many years to come. But um, just knowing I can lift him up and pray at the same time um, when I'm struggling with that. That was awesome. <laughs> Beautiful hummusins. I think the most memorable moment from our last gathering was the reading that we chose, which was the second reading from um, St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. And there was a particular passage um, for you were called for freedom but do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Rather, serve one another through love. some good discussion it was it seemed like a very timely mm-hmm. 
scripture for our family. And I really liked your discussion questions um, that went along with that scripture. And, um, you know, what, what are ways that we're yoked to sin and how does that um, really remove our freedom? And mm -hmm. so it was an opportunity to, to really reflect on those things that were pulling us away from from Christ and from loving one another. And um, and then when we had an opportunity to go around and um, ask for forgiveness or, uh, you know, apologize for different hurts and things, um, I think that that um, really was a great springboard for that. Um, so that is awesome. It was, it was really beautiful. That was awesome. This reading so marvelously speaks to this generation around us that would say freedom is to do whatever you want, unconstrained. And we see the brokenness that results from that and uh, imparting that beautiful insight that freedom is ultimately for the good, for our nature, to choose the good and to choose our nature. I, I can imagine it, and I'm so grateful that you gave that witness to that. And parents, it may be the most difficult conversation we will have. But I think this subject alone just really merits uh, an atmosphere of openness because you may face children who push back. In fact, we know you will in every way because the culture uh, is toxic. And um, and to do it in a way that's non-judgmental in the sense of harsh. But uh, scripture also exhorts us to a sense of judgment that means to evaluate. And we need to evaluate. In fact, to call me judgmental itself is a judgment. You can't not judge. I encourage parents to do exactly what the Hummusons just gave testimony to, if nothing else. Read that second reading coming up this coming Sunday and discuss its um, importance for our good, the beautiful, the true, and the one, which we all want for our kids, right? So, awesome. Thank you. Benars. What gold did you mine this past week? And I'm getting old. Explaining them. Uh, Melchizedek, the priest, high priest Melchizedek, and how he's the foreshadowing of Christ in the sacrifice of wine and bread and wine, and there was kind of new new theology for Nico, and you know it was the first time he kind of made the connection, so that was kind of cool. That is not um, small, Bronco. Don't downplay that. You as a father opening his eyes to that first reading that this priest, prophet, and king, this mysterious figure in Scripture. Uh, the Christ type from Salem, literally meaning peace, explaining that to your son and in terms of sacrifice. That's awesome. Don't downplay that because that there's gold there. God bless Nico and God bless you guys. That was awesome. Daniels, bring us some gold. Probably the most meaningful part of our gathering this week was Actually, um, Matt and I had had a disagreement earlier in the day. <gasps> Couples disagree. I know, right? <laughs> um, so we were able to apologize to each other. And mm. I think just seeing the kids, um, you know, witness, witness that, mm, um, right. it, I think was like looking back on it, I was like, it was good for them to see because I, that usually those apologies usually happen, you know, behind closed doors. So they usually don't see that. Um, you know, we, they see us like apologizing to them and we ask them to apologize to each other, but 
like I don't know how often they see us apologize to each other. So, um, so it was good. That was. What a witness! Twenty-four carat, baby. Thank you for that. That's more than twenty-four carat. It's like forty-eight carat. I don't think that's possible, is it? It's twenty-four carat full. Bugs Bunny carrot. It's even better. Yeah, indeed. The image is there. Folks, thanks so much for being with us on this road trip. Seven weeks journeying together to make time once a week. Sacred space in our homes, we say, to put your flag in the sand. And uh, that ritual, in this sense, would not become a dirty word. That it would, in fact, be, uh, we'd recognize that God designed us to ritualize good things, which doesn't mean they become cold and stuffy. No, it means that we, they, be, they become occasions to cultivate dispositions at the heart of those disciplines. I know that's a lot of big words, but obviously God wants to stir up our hearts. But our children, in the deepest heart of heart, they want to be loved. And they want to love. They want to be known. And they want to know. And they want to know deeper than the surface of just sports or academics or jumping through the hoops of any day. They want to go deeper than the digital stuff, the pixels. They, they really yearn for people. And I, I fear, folks, that, that we're getting away from that if we haven't already gotten away from that. Just say, we're going to get together. And what, what kind of beverages do you guys want? Pick their favorite pop or whatever the case may be or some good food and just bring them together and uh, invite them to answer these questions. Lead yourself first. And again, you'll find out more at ilovemyfamily.us. And really understand this or think of this as each of your children, family members, like a package, Christmas time, which of us don't like to open up gifts. Each of our family members are like that gift meant to be opened up. And just when you think that you've opened them up and you've discovered them because we're infinite, our souls are infinite, there's so much more to discover. Which person doesn't need to know that they're made for this infinite relationship, for infinity with our infinite God. Well, we parents can structure that context, which is going to cause streams of living water to flow in their lives. We're so glad you guys are with us along this journey. Please join us at ilovemyfamily.us. Until next time, God bless. Tell me you're not excited, folks, after that awesome episode, third stop of our seven-week journey of the Family Road Trip podcast. Very excited to be on the journey. And by the way, the beauty of a station like this is it can unite us in this journey. Unite us in more than just a moment, a movement we say that, but just the place, the measure of the awesome thing that you do in that program, certainly the mass, the source and summit of that grace, the measure of the power of those faith events is what happens under our roofs, what happens in our marriages and families. And we're inviting you to lean into it. We're inviting you to, to make the decision to gather your family together of the 168 hours a week, 45 minutes to bring your family together for a sacred time. We spoke of ritual in that to talk and pray. And these awesome families who are very faithful Catholics, they're challenged. So if that scares you, you're in good company to say, hey, I got to pull the kids away from maybe gadgets, maybe not, but just to circle them up, to light a candle. And we make it easy for you. Go to ilovemyfamily.us. What will it take for you to do that? I will say of those that do this, they experience tremendous renewal, tremendous revival even in their marriages and families. It builds in them a character of Christ that carries them through life. There's nothing that replaces, again, what takes place under our roof, in the home. 
I just wanted to say, Greg, um, shout out, huge thank you <laughs> to those families. Mm-hmm. I mean, really and truly, doesn't it just warm your heart and inspire you? The commitment that they're making and the yeah. willingness to share and they're just to be awesome. candid and vulnerable and talk them. about the challenges. I could, we could talk about them the whole rest yes. of the half hour, but we can't, but we can. So we are so blessed right now to spend the next half of this hour with a dear brother in Christ who is lighting it up. Literally Patrick mm-hmm. Rice is the founder and grand Puba. I don't think it says that on his card, but I like that should, I president, chief commander and chief grandpa servant of the servants of God and seeking major Catholic revival and calling on and living in the power of the Holy spirit. So, um, you, heard perhaps patrick on our radio program before he's not going to go into his story but he does have a very powerful testimony of his transformation and coming to know jesus but in the last two years really a revolution has happened even in his own life going from a youth ministry leader to initiating this movement of encounter encounterministries.us i want to give a shout out right away that is really uh doing schools of training and formation formation to really understand what does it mean to be fully alive to say yes to all that jesus pours for and do we not do we not look around us and say, okay, I love my faith, and that, yes, the grace flows from the church, but are we not some of us saying, where's the beef? Well, that's the role of the Holy Spirit, to awaken us, to stir it up so that we're walking in that life more than just a personality, more than just a type, that sort of thing. So, Patrick, just a couple things here. Um, they did at the Seagate Center an encounter event last January that 1,500 people, there were innumerable healings per um, spiritual, physical, emotional healings that took place there, right in our own area of Toledo, Ohio. They're coming back to do it again, so already begin praying into that as a community here in this region. Pray that we can light that fire, that that Luke twelve forty nine Christ's words, I came to set this world ablaze, on fire, and how I wish it were already ablaze. That's Christ. That's our Savior saying that to us. He wishes it were already ablaze. This is an instrument to make that happen in partnership with our diocese, with us, Mass Impact, with all of you out there, by the way, which of us don't want to see this happen in our lives and overflow. And as a precursor to that, to kind of set the stage, I just want to get this out there. October 12th, we are going to be having an awesome event that they're leading, they're hosting, Father Matthias and Patrick, to really kind of get us in an advanced state of readiness and and commitment to that. We'll give you more details as we get them within the next two weeks. But we're very excited to have the one, the only, the humble, the awesome, father of five, awesome husband, Patrick Rice. Welcome to the show. How's that for an intro? Thank you so much, Greg. <laughs> wow. I just love to hear you preaching the gospel, man. Woo, woo. so good. Wow. We need to hear the gospel every day. Amen. Well, I, I'm blessed. Amen. I'm blessed by you, Patrick, and there's so much we can say about this. But um, in the balance of our time, and certainly let the Spirit lead you, you're, you have your radio program on EWTN. You guys have some videos that beautifully showcase how much God truly wants signs and wonders to accompany us, that that is not just a thing for 2,000 years ago. It is present day. You believe that. You go into inner city streets, and you teach people how to you know listen to God's Word and be attuned to His Spirit speaking, and amazing things happen happen. I just want our folks to check that out at EncounterMinistries.us. But I got a question for you, Patrick, and I think this is sort of a bullseye kind of question that I want to tap your wisdom and experience in this. What is the relevance of Pentecost to faithful Catholics today? What is the relevance of the relevance Pentecost? Of Pentecost to faithful Catholics today is your birthday, and on your birthday, you get presents. And it's the yes. birthday of our church. So the Holy Spirit came alive and animated the church. Without the church, without the Holy Spirit, is like the body without the soul. Mm. And on Pentecost, 
is that day that our, our church came alive and was born, when the gifts of the Holy Spirit were poured out. And in the same way, we have access to the Holy Spirit through the Pentecost in our own lives, our baptism, our confirmation. But then by faith, it has to happen by faith. And so we, we, it's our job to ask God for good things and to know that He is a good Father. He's not going to give us a stone. He's going to give us uh, the good things that we ask for uh, because we're united to Him. That's awesome. And we'll keep unpacking that as another way to get at that, maybe to ask a hard question, is um, do you not experience the transformation of many Catholics who are faithful, praying the rosary, devout, ethical, seeking God's grace, but perhaps it hasn't been stirred up? And at your event, share with us a little bit about what stands in the way from a field of dry bones kind of Catholic to an alive-in-the-spirit kind of Catholic. Help us understand why God desires us for it, why he desires that for us, what stands in the way of it, and really how it truly is God's desire for all those who bear the name of Christ. Yes, yeah, so and no matter where you are in your faith, if you are that devout, faithful family that's that's doing the stuff and, and doing the devotions and, and going to Mass, or if you're not and you're just kind of like, you know, checking the boxes, no matter where you are, um, if there, I think the one thing that gets in the way um, of anybody from, from stepping out and being like Jesus, representing Jesus wherever they go, um, wherever God's called them to be, is fear. Fear mm. is the thing. The fear of, fear of men, what other people will think, mm. is the one thing that gets in the way, I believe, the core thing that gets in the way from us um, allowing the Holy Spirit to flow freely. I mean, everyone, every kind of training that we do, whether it's on um, participating in healing ministry, prophetic ministry, any gifts of the Holy Spirit, when we're starting to talk about, like, essentially what it is, is partnering with the Holy Spirit, responding to His promptings, is uh, the way that he, he speaks to us. Everyone has this kind of revelation, like, whoa, I've been getting promptings my whole life, and mm. you've just been encouraging me to step out and start activating these promptings, and what I'm realizing, realizing is that when I respond to these promptings of the Holy Spirit and start to step out and do what Jesus did, there's genuine fruit flowing. Holy Spirit is showing up. Jesus, or, uh, Jesus lived a life without fear, and it got him killed. Mm. And if we live a life without fear, it's going to get us killed, mm. because it's the Beatitudes, right? Mm. Uh, if we live out the Beatitudes, it ends in, blessed are they when they persecute you, because you're shaking the boat and they're rocking it. You, the, your reward will be great in heaven, for thus they did to the prophets before you. Mm-hmm. So, I can speak a lot about this, but my favorite scripture verse is from Second Timothy 1, verse 6 and 7. For God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, mm-hmm. and a sound mind. And so whenever we have, uh, whenever we're experiencing fear, we just have to give that to God. Like, God, I give you my fear of this situation. What do you want to give me in exchange? And it's always, I want to give you my power, my love, and a sound mind to think from my perspective. That's awesome, brother. Let me ask you this question, because I think it beleaguers many of us. I think many of our listeners have had powerful encounters with God and the Holy Spirit. Crisio, Chirp, Encounter Conferences, Ignite, Damascus, CYSC. And something happens where the enemy whispers lies along the lines of, that was nice for then and there and with those people, and it's that that's a unique atmosphere. But hey, here we are in the ordinary kitchen with the ordinary coffee pot and the ordinary stuff around us, and I go to work and I see the same people. 
give us, preach to us, if you will. Help us understand how we can better live what we encounter, that vibrance of the Holy Spirit that is no less present to us in our quote-unquote ordinary as in the most awesome event we ever went to. Help us. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I love it. There's, there's, these, there's a distinction between like the corporate time of worship and then the individual secret time that being in your prayer closet where there's no one to see you. And God, bless, he, there's blessings to both, and it's the, um, you know, where, where two or three are gathered in my name, there too I will be in the midst of them. Mm-hmm. And there's something about, like, we need both. We need that, that time of corporate prayer, corporate worship, mm-hmm. where God loves to show up. And, and I feel like sometimes He pours Himself, himself out so powerfully um, in groups of people because He knows that we're communal people. We're meant to be together, to worship together. If you read the book of Revelation, it's a giant corporate worship mm-hmm. service with all the saints and angels crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We're going to be doing this for eternity in communion with other people, right? So when we get into these settings, it kind of prepares us for what we're going to be doing for eternity, right? And so there's powerful encounters that can happen. When you read the book of Acts, they're all in one place praying in Acts chapter 4. Um, against the the fear and the persecution that they're 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 that's that's coming against them, and what happens? They start praying, and the ground starts shaking. God hears their prayers; they're they're together. But then, it's not always like that, right? So, the kind of the move that needs to happen when you're not always with uh, in the worship setting is how do you practice the presence of God mm-hmm. on, in you know in yes. your own life? And like, what do I? How do I live out this? What Jesus was talking about. You know, go into your secret, go, go into the your prayer closet, right, or whatever translation you might have, the secret place, and make your request known to God, and God's going to show up in power, because I think the, the one image that I have in, in personal prayer is the uh, is, is 1 Corinthians 6, that Paul says that I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit dwells in me. And so by, by, by the access to the Holy Spirit in the sacraments that I first received, and then by my faith in, in who he says I am, my identity, that I'm able to have access to that. And that's the contemplative life. And so basically, I think that the big problem is the scandal, I think, that, that, uh, that you're seeing, that other leaders are seeing, is what happens when we have these powerful events, but we don't cultivate the contemplative interior life. Mm-hmm. And that's where the enemy can start selling lies. Mm-hmm. And if we start believing the lies, then he starts to take away the seed that was planted there. Because when we encounter God, we're encountering Jesus, who is the Word of God. And what is the, what is the, the Word of God? It's a seed, and it gets sown to four places. It gets sown to a, uh, the path, to the rocks, to the thorns, or to the fertile ground. And so, like, the, the, thing, the thing that drives, um, it's driving the Church right now is how do we cultivate fertile soil so the seed can go into the fertile mm-hmm. soil in those awesome times, but then come back to the domestic church, come back into the individual life, and where that where his word can be cultivated, um, just like you know, face to face with God. That is so good, so so good. Thank you. So I I'm going to speak words and not necessarily own them. Permit me to just hear how they sound coming out of my mouth. But when the kingdom has come, it seems to me that there will be no distinction between the sacred and the secular. 
that all will be sacred, that we will recognize, as Frank Sheed says, to see the world sanely is to see it God bathed. We will see the dignity of all of creation and every human person as holy, as God designed it. And um, if you will, yes, I, I believe we'll still have those sacred moments as you speak of, of encounter, of corporate worship. And we will carry that vision um, seamlessly, if you will, into our marriages and homes in the world. So the second point I guess is, and just seeking greater insight, maybe a good analogy is a radio station in the old days where you could get static and turn it in between. That in those moments, we're learning to tune clearly into that signal of the Holy Spirit, if I can use that analogy. And we all experience that. The Eucharist is there. We're hearing great preaching and contemplative praise, and we're attuned. And and then we've seen the witness in some of your videos, some of my experience, we've shared some of these stories, where we're literally in the ghetto of some place of people we never knew. We're in our homes, we're in other places, and we haven't turned that off. And so we're looking at these people through God's eyes. And we're, 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 our heart is, is, is being moved by the Father's heart. And so even though we're miles away or different time and place from that awesome event, it hasn't stopped. We're thinking, hey, I got something for that person. You know, I need to share something with them. I need to try this out. Hey, brother, I just kind of had a sense that, that you're going through some real difficult times. And even more specifically, did you lose your job recently? And you're really struggling with a spouse who's been unfaithful. And boom, because we've had that attunement, God wants to work that way. In a second, we've brought that kingdom experience to the streets, to a person, awakening them to God's presence and something powerful happens. So it seems to me your your, your awesome mission and the um, great resources that you kick out are all about this. It's to keep that frequency attuned and to bring it into our lives. And maybe just, I don't know, a word of encouragement to folks wherever they're at to not maybe turn it off. And maybe even a story. Do you have a story or two for us to kind of, you know, share with the folks right now that this is the truth, that God really does want them to be instruments of his grace, conduits of his Holy Spirit all the time. Oh yeah. It's like um no, I I think you've said it pretty well, Craig. It's like I'm I'm here I'm hearing you talk and I'm like, yep. It's it's but the thing is it's up to me to like whether or not to be open to Holy Spirit. And uh, he's not. A, I think sometimes people can get caught up um, when you realize who you are and you realize the power that you have as a son of God. Where, where the Father says, "You know, everything I have is yours. Everything that Jesus purchased on the cross is for you to go and see manifest in your life." It can all, almost be overwhelming in a sense to look and, and realize, Jesus, you said that you know I'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He's commissioned us to participate in His ministry of healing. Uh, because we believe in him. And so it can almost get overwhelming. You, you go to the store and you see, I don't know how many people in wheelchairs and walkers and crutches, and so you can feel almost anxiety that you have to perform and, and do mm-hmm. this to prove mm-hmm. that you're a good Christian or to prove that you're the disciple. But the thing that, the, the thing that is always going to lead the way is love. Mm-hmm. You know, St. Paul said, you know, like he, when he talked about the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, he talked about, he gave a whole list of them and the way that they build the body together, and then he pauses. He says, you know, still, let me show you a greater way. And the First uh, Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, and, and uh, the, the, one of the most famous scriptures in the New Testament is in the context of teaching on the spiritual gifts. And so I'm going to go back to and, and echo what St. Paul said, is that it's our job, we have to position ourselves in love, and that we're doing this 
because there's someone suffering out there, because God has we're already in his heart, and then he's, he's leading us outside of ourselves, outside the four walls of the church, outside the four walls of our home, to go out and to seek after the lost. And so if you, if you start to cultivate God's heart, the heart, the, his heart for the lost, you realize it's an outrageous, mm. reckless love. That's like awesome. the song says, so powerful, it leaves 99% of everyone who's there to go seek after the 1%. And so that's what, what drives everything. And once you have that, the spiritual gifts flow pretty easily. And so it's uh, I'm not discounting formation. I think that's so important to, to, to grow in maturity. Everyone starts. Every, if, you're hearing, if you're out here and you're like, oh, Patrick, he's done all these crazy great things. Well, everyone starts in a place of immaturity and then moves to great immaturity. And so we can't discount the, the, the growth process that God wants to bring us through, the understanding he wants us to have and how we partner with him. But it really flows from love. And then once you, you have the, his heart for those things, you, you can have to ask yourself the question, how, how important is, is evangelization to you? And I think that's proportionate to the time that you invest in it. And so you have to, like you have to make time for prayer, you have to make time for evangelization. And so in my life right now, I've, I've you know, I would, we did this fearless documentary almost three years ago. Wow. And there's all this footage of me going out, like you said, to um, areas in the inner city and, and getting words of knowledge, seeing people healed on the street. Like, Greg, I've been through times of, like, complacency where I'm like, I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But God keeps bringing back to me, like, hey, you know, I know your works. You know, you're, you're, you've been a little lukewarm. And if anyone's experiencing lukewarmness, you know what he said to the people in, uh, in Revelation 2? He said, go, like, go do the works that you did at first. And it was convicting to me that I need to, just like I make time for prayer, I need to make time to evangelize my city, to go out with my brothers, and, and, and to, to, to let his love flow forth from me. This is so good, and it's, it's just so good to be tapped into you. We haven't connected in a few weeks, and we're excited about the October event coming up. And just the maturity and wisdom of the fullness of God inviting us into our, our truest self, our truest nature, without which we're, we're living in alienation, and we get that. Um, Patrick, so we look around us, we read the papers, we see a lot of the sociopolitical stuff happening, and uh, in my mind, all of that is, is a sense of uh, an image of homelessness. It's an image of people who've forgotten their father and how deeply and truly they're loved. And you're speaking into that. And I'm, you know, all that you're doing and we're involved with this, this work of encountering the Holy Spirit and to have the heart of the father. I mean, I just see the enemy is so pervasive in wanting us to think that desire, our desires are their own validation of moral truth. And the beauty of the Catholic Church, of course, is this love has a landscape, and like Christ in the garden, you know, this cup passed before me, or like many saints involve suffering that God is forging in us, though not it is an evil, but he uses it somehow miraculously to forge us for great unity in his heart, to be that blood and water that we see in the Mass, be it done to me according to that word. How do you see and I'm just maybe pressing you a little bit, you know, be a little controversial, but not really, from the work that you're doing, so immersed in this work of transformation, awakening us to our nature and living it out fully, what is your perspective on what you see playing out in sexual confusion and gender confusion, the anger in politics and partisanship? Do you see a common thread? Do you have a, a an insight to that from your vantage? Yeah. Well, we're living in an orphanage. Wow. 
we were living with, uh, we, we were raising children in a society where they don't have mothers and fathers that mirror and give identity that's united in, um, in God himself. And um, everything about our faith is familial. We have one Father in heaven. We have one King. We have a Holy Mother Church. We have a Holy Mother Mary, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about family. And when the family breaks down, everything else breaks down. And we start seeking for me. We start seeking identity in other things, like our sexual drive or sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. And whenever we're seeking meaning and identity outside of our identity in who we are, which is, comes to us by nature, that's where these things happen. And I think that, you know, as uh, Romans 5 says, you know, like the where sin abounds, grace abounds even mm-hmm. more. Yes. Um, it's kind of encouraging for us right now because um, God's heart is drawn to those people. And it's our job to go into these places of darkness. And, Greg, I mean, um, the, I, I will say I love the power of God so much because when, I, when I'm ministering in the power of God, you're so aware that it's not you. Mm-hmm. And it's just His heart flowing great, through great, great. the fact that you're stepping out. And it's, when we go into these places, we, we've been to, we've, been, we've, we've done crazy stuff. Every, everything from going into inner city streets to going, we, we went to Europe and we did healing evangelism um, in a very, very secular Spanish city. It's all amazing stuff. Mm. But whenever you go into these dark places where God is almost absent or forgotten, and you're stepping out in faith like the first apostles in the Roman Empire, His power shines forth. So I'm going to suggest to you that the, um, the, the, the and your listeners, the best, um, I think we are living in the closest time to the early church in the Roman Empire, mm. that literally we, we, the vestiges right. of Christ, Christian society are like broken mirrors. You really can't see clearly into them anymore. But the good news is, is just as God's power was most manifest historically in the early church, I believe His power is going to be even more manifest in the next 20 years. That what we're seeing right now that, you know, you and I are getting excited about, because we grew up not seeing miracles, signs, and wonders, Right. And now we're starting to see them, but it's just going to be like a tidal wave that goes forth because God wants his kids back. He wants them back. And he'll, he'll, he'll use the fireworks to get their attention. He'll meet them right where they are. That's awesome. Patrick, with a little bit of time that we have left, I'm going to put you on the spot because the the Holy Spirit loves to shake everything up. He loves to knock us off balance so we take a step forward, although you're, most people's off balance is you're very much on balance. You're riding the the um, unicycle on the tightrope across the Niagara Falls. That, that's your comfort level. That's that. awesome. We all need to be there. That's awesome. So, um, no, lead us right now. Everybody is listening into maybe a prayer of, of asking God's uh, heart to move within us for somebody close to us or near us that we already know is hungry to know Christ. Or and maybe even there's a physical need. And we just interact with them without being aware that he's given us, he wants to minister power through us. But we just haven't, it's never occurred to us, and we don't even know how to think about that. Lead us into a, just a moment of, of prayerful consideration that we would recognize we are his beloved and we are his instruments, and he puts these people in our lives. And uh, lead us into a prayer of just encouragement to actually act on it or to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Is that too weird for you, or, or is that something that works right now? No, this is, this is just right up, right, up, right up the gospel. All right, let's so, do it. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Listeners, don't be afraid of silence. 
don't be afraid of awkward pauses, even on the radio. So, Father, I just pray right now that as we worship you, Jesus, the Lamb who was slain for our sins, that your, that your blood that was sprinkled um, over us is sufficient. So, Father, I, I pray that you just make your love, your affection, your tender mercy known to every listener right now in the way that they need. Come, Holy Spirit, and just make the love of Jesus present to everyone. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you give us the love that Jesus had to go to the cross for others, even people that were still in sin. You went to the cross. God, I pray that you give us the heart of Jesus right now for those that don't know you well, those that are in deception, those that are broken. Jesus, we want to receive your heart for the lost right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, infuse in us Jesus' heart for the lost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Jesus, for those that are hungry to see the signs and the wonders flow, that are eager to see the lost be found, we're just going to give you permission right now to use us and to give us direction. Just like you told Philip to go on a, on a random road and to meet an Ethiopian in a, in a chariot that he didn't even know, Holy Spirit, I pray that you give us, um, just show us who you want us to minister to in our lives, even if we know them or we don't know them. The Holy Spirit, show us, make known to us the person that you want us to minister to and bring the love of Jesus. And if God's just giving you images or downloads or, or information about the person, just, just let him flow. Are you getting anything, Greg? I got all kinds of things, Patrick. Absolutely. I got this guy named David. I think it's going to be my server tomorrow when we go out, going out to a, a lunch. And uh, Lord said he, he's never really heard the gospel. So we're just blessed, David. If, if, if you're just getting people you know or mm-hmm. don't know, just ask the Lord to bless them and to prepare the way for, um, for his encounter to flow. And so, Lord, we just seal every word, every um, grace that you've poured out into our hearts uh, in the blood of Jesus, never to be taken we pray Mary started the evangelization to pray for us in our mm. ministry. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Folks who are tuned in to Ignite Radio Live, the first part of this journey was our Family Road Trip podcast. Patrick Rice with us here, a brother in Christ, blessed to be partnering in, in seeking the kingdom, seeking the heart of the Father in his way, his time, but availing much more, erring on the side of there is an air uh, of, uh, of, of risk, 
of risk. There's no rule book in, in this realm. I mean, it's, it's thoroughly faithful to the Catholic Church if we study this availing to the Spirit. And obviously there are ethical guidelines, and we're all about that. The Church is all about that. And within that banks, without which the, the water wouldn't flow and be a stream, we're all about that. But it's a risk to say, Lord, you know, work with my intuition, work with my imagination. You use that, Lord. Father Benedict Rochelle would say it to me all the time, Patrick. He'd say, Gregory, the Holy Spirit wants to use your imagination. Open your, consecrate your imagination. You know, I don't imitate him real well, but he's a, a beloved friend now in heaven interceding for us. And God, why, folks, why would God give us these great faculties if they weren't meant for him and his glory? It's one of the things I pray first thing in the morning when I'm with my kids or driving. Dear Lord, you know, I lift up my mind my heart, my desires, my imagination, my memory to you for whom they were made and fashioned. Folks, God wants to use them. And, you know, if we're not, we're going to be straying towards lesser things for them to be um, toxically contaminated. Don't know how else to put it. We've all struggled with that. Steph, you had a thought? Well, just I know we're running out of time, but we're talking about family and relationship and such. And, Patrick, just in a brief moment or so, um, how do you... Uh, or what do you recommend for parents uh, to do to help with their kids um, in this responding to the Holy Spirit to overcome that fear, um, as you said, which is a, a huge block for so many people, but in particular as parents, what can we do to raise children to be open to that spirit? we got about a minute. Yeah, I, I, the, the, the first thing is if you want to overcome um, like fear of other people and what they think, you have to overcome fear that of fears toward God. I'm not talking about reverence. I'm talking about the, the fear that God doesn't like me. He doesn't want to talk to me. I'm not good enough. That kind of the fear, insecurity, and inadequacy. So um, for me, my wife and I, we do Lexia Divina like every night with our older kids, the ones that are able to engage um, in prayer. Um, and so we just we teach them to hear God's voice through the Word. And basically, Lexia Divina is basically... God, the scripture acting as a trigger for God to speak to you on a more personal level through a word or a phrase in a selected passage. I'm going to have to cut us off. We're going to have to continue part two, Patrick, next time. But so blessed that you're with us tonight. And brothers and sisters, let's just avail ourselves to all good desires overflowing to this world for his glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks so much, Patrick. God bless.